0: All right, well, we finished the the um, last one a couple of weeks ago. And in all of our discussion, and even some things afterward, I still didn't feel like we finished the topic completely. And so just before we move on, I wanted to spend... I was thinking maybe we can get it done in one, but it looks like we're going to be two, because I want to look at the prayers of Paul, that he prayed for other people, and the prayers of Jesus. So we're not going to get to the prayers of Jesus today. But we'll do that next week. And then I think we should be done on on this part here for praying for others, but uh, I was asking, kicking around this question, what makes a prayer effective when we are praying for another believer? So I studied this question out in the Word and looking at the different prayers that were made for other people, not prayers for yourself, but for other people, and one particular characteristic jumped out. I finally saw a common common thing between them all, that if you have this one characteristic in the prayers that you pray for other people, it will be effective and it will be scriptural. However, if you are lacking this one characteristic, it will be neither effective nor scriptural. So, not going to tell you what it is just yet. We're going to look at the Word of God and, and see what's in there, because I'd rather you see it in the Word of God than just hear it. So, in the, in the last weeks, we looked at praying for other people. We looked at corporate prayer, the times we would come together and the things that we would pray for that way. And the last time we were together, we looked at the things that Paul was asking for people to pray for him. We saw that the things he asked for prayer for was for deliverance from the wicked unbelievers, utterance or correct words, boldness in speech, open doors or opportunities to preach. And in Hebrews 13:18, to live honorably or that our conduct wouldn't disqualify us to the hearers. Maybe they didn't know the customs, things like that, but they wanted to make sure that they lived in an honorable way. So they pray for us that we live honorably, that we don't disqualify our, our testimony. So all these things are things for the kingdom benefit and not Paul's. Whereas today, most times that we are praying, we are praying for things that benefit ourselves. Oh, will you pray for me that I get this? Will you pray for me that I have this or that I get healed on this? It's usually for our own personal benefit. So those are the things that that Paul did. But there are several prayers that Paul makes for other people. And Brother Hagin used to teach us about this. I've taught it to you and many of you have taught it to other people that these are good prayers to pray for yourself. Just put your name in it. And the first one is over in Ephesians chapter 1, and verse 15. Therefore, of the glory of His inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of His power toward us who believe according to the working of His mighty power which He worked in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and seated Him at His right hand in the heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this age but also in that which is to come. Now many people many people's prayers for others Oh, I'm sorry, many people pray for others to enable the good things of God to increase toward them. Would you pray for me that I would be healed? Would you pray for me that, that I would prosper on my job? Would you pray for me that I would have more of? Would you pray for me that I have less of? These are the things that we would uh, uh, typically hear from people who come and ask us for prayer that they're coming to enable the good things of God to increase toward them. <clears throat> I pray for so-and-so to be healed of their headaches or to be healed of their uh, stomach problems or to be healed of their whatever it might be. We, we pray this way. Many of these types of prayers take my responsibility off, off the person being prayed for. There's no responsibility they have. Father God, would you heal this one of this particular ailment that they have? And that's how we pray for them. Father God, would you, so and so needs to be healed of, of this particular thing. And we pray for them in this way. And the, the way we pray that, it's like it's all on God. It's not on them. And, and people will come to you and they'll say, would you pray for me? I have this going on and it's been going on for a long time. And uh, and sometimes we'll not not you folks here, but other (laughs) other Christians, other places, we'll we'll um, we'll go and they say, uh, oh, so and so has been in the church for so long. They've been so faithful. They've done this. They've done that. And they'll go over all the reasons, kind of like what they what they did with the centurion. Oh, he's worthy of you coming to his house and and uh, praying for his servant, because he built us a, a synagogue, and he did this, and and they they testify of all the things that He did. A lot of times we do this in in prayer, or some people, some Christians do this for for other people in prayer. Oh, Father God, they've been in the church for so long. Oh, they've been so faithful, and they've served so many people, and they've done all these different things, and we bring this up, and our prayer is as such that it is all on God. But many times, and I see it on Facebook, you know, i got friends on Facebook that uh, uh, their, their scriptural knowledge isn't all that good. And so they just put things up there that we should uh, pray for them. Oh, say a prayer for me. I'm going through this particular thing. If you think of it, just say a prayer for me. You know, the more people we get praying, the more likely God is to move. But see, most of of these types of prayers, they take any responsibility off the person being prayed for. This is a great clue that we are praying wrong. Now, I want to take you over, we're not leaving Ephesians, but I just want to take you over here to one of the prayers of Jesus. And we're not going to spend too much time here, but I just want you to see one particular word. We'll get into this more next week. But in John chapter 14, verse 16 and 17, And I will pray the Father, and He will give you another helper. Some uh, the King James and some others put comforter there. Helper is a better term. Uh, the, the way that word is put together, uh, comforter would, would bring in a meaning that's not necessarily there, but helper, helper is a is a good interpretation of that. <clears throat> he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of Truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Now the word here for helper is the Greek word parakletos. And what this, it's a compound word, para means to, um, come alongside, and, and cletus is to call. And these are both used in very, uh, different types of, of ways, but when it's, when it's compounded together, it means to call alongside to help. And I'm sure I've used this as g- example for this word before, but there is really, you know, not too many more examples. If you are lifting, A heavy piece of furniture. And it's more than you can do. And you see someone in the room close by and you call over to them. And you say, can you come here and help? Help me to lift this. And when they come on over, the expectation is that you are on one side lifting. And they would come over on the other side and lift. And the two of you would lift together. And carry the thing on out. But if you call someone and say, come over and help, and as soon as they come over and help, you say, thank you very much. And just move out of the way. Well, that's not helping. Now we know that the Holy Spirit prays and makes intercessions for us. And if He's called the helper, what He is called is, He is, the, the word that is used is He is one who comes alongside to help. He doesn't just take over. He comes alongside to help. That's the example of the Holy Spirit. If that's the example of the Holy Spirit, that should be the example of us. That's what we should do. So if we're going to come alongside and help other people by us praying for them, well, we're coming along to help. We're not coming along to do it. So I put this in your underneath that. One who comes alongside to help. You can just write that in there. Most people's idea of help, though, is to come along and do it. <laughs> but you're not, you're not called to come along and do it. You're called to come alongside and help. So you can't take over the praying for somebody. You can't take over the faith of somebody. And you can't pray in such a way as to as to do that. Now, correct prayers... We would pray for others are marked by the words that have us coming alongside to help. If I am going to pray a correct prayer, then the words that I use in that prayer have to be as one coming alongside to help, not one taking over. When I pray, Father God, heal them of this thing. Am I not coming in and taking over? I'm no longer coming alongside and helping. I'm taking over. Father God, they need money. I just pray that you just send some money their way. See, I'm coming over and I'm coming alongside and taking over. I'm not called to come alongside and take over if I'm going to pray for someone I can come alongside and help but not take over <clears throat> now Paul prayed just to contrast this go back to the uh, beginning here many people pray for others to enable the good things of God to increase towards them that's how a lot of people pray not talking about you folks just talking about Christians in general. But Paul prayed that the good things of God would increase in them. You see, that's a big difference. When I looked at the Paul's, uh, the Paul's, uh, the prayers that Paul would make, <laughs> he prayed that the good things that God has would increase in them. But many times we're just Praying that the good things of God would come toward them. Let's take a look at this prayer of Paul's. He prayed, may, that the, the, the God that we're, of course, God we're praying to, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. That, that He, God, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. Now what draws wisdom and revelation to you? It has to be a, a, a heart. A heart that is open. Not a hard one. And one that is seeking the truth. If, if our heart is filled with pride, God resists that. We've got to be humble. We've got to be open to, to hearing. The Pharisees were not open. And there isn't too much you can do to pray for someone who's not open. If, if someone's not open, then you've got to deal with that hard heart. But if they have an open heart, then you can pray for them as Paul prayed for them. That God may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. So, how does God, how does God give that to us? Well, we know that the spirit of wisdom and revelation comes because of the Word that is in us. That He brings light to the Word that we know. He doesn't just pour it out on us he takes the word of god that is in us and he enlightens it helps us understand it helps us to see what's what's going on how we can uh, how we can apply that i've heard it before wisdom is just the correct application of knowledge that would be what what wisdom is so god opens up our eyes to see how we can use what we already know or to give us better understanding of what we know so we can see how to use it that He may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. Now, He's not just praying for something just to flow to them. He's praying for them to grow in this aspect of God is sending towards us wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. God desires that we grow and that our knowledge of Him increases. He desires that. So He is always sending things our way. He's sending things like in the, the, the gifts that He puts in the body of Christ. Through different teachers and, and prophets and different ones that, that they come along to, to instruct us and to help us. Through the Holy Spirit speaking to us as we're reading the Word and studying the Word. He's given us these, these understandings. So, he's praying, first off, that he may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. This will enlighten the eyes of your understanding. Which is what he, he speaks about next. I'll read the verse, again, verse 17. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, being enlightened. If you receive into your spirit wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, your eyes will be enlightened. You'll understand more. You will see more. I think I went the wrong way on that one. So, once our eyes are enlightened, this provides the key that we may know, that we may know, and look at the things that we're going to know. The eyes of your understanding, being enlightened, that's the key. We need that key to, to, to unlock some things. If you're going to unlock some things, you've got to have the key. You're gonna, most of you probably locked your doors when you came out to church. And in order for you to get back, you have to have the key. Well, you have your particular key, and your particular key will open your particular lock. The thing that will unlock these things he speaks about here, what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, the thing that will unlock these is the enlightenment, enlightenment that we receive. That's the key, which first comes because of the, the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. That brings the enlightenment, which brings the key that the eyes of our understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. He didn't just say that you may know this calling, that you may know the hope of his calling, that you may know what is the what is that calling supposed to produce, what is this where is it supposed to go. What is the hope of His calling? What are the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints? Many Christians still have an idea that their God is poor. Oh God, I don't need much. If I can just get, <laughs> and we just, you know, I can, I can live far well enough on, on this. But you, you see, there are some people in the Word of God who didn't have that vision of God. David did not have a vision of a poor God. Solomon, yeah, David as his father, Solomon did not have a vision of a poor God. No, let's make this, let's make it out of gold. What should we make this out of? Let's use some more gold. How about this? Let's go gold again. <laughs> We're just gold all over the place. And uh what kind of wood should we use? Well, what's the most expensive wood out there? Well, every cedar. Let's use cedar. <laughs> they just use the best. Or whatever it is that they had and it it seems like even what they they used that was normal when they used the stones they found the most expensive way to, uh, to make those stones so instead of making the stones uh, right there at the temple site no, no, no we're going to make those stones way far away and then we're going to bring them <laughs> because they didn't serve a poor God they didn't see it as, as that. We have to get our eyes opened up to how rich our God is. To know the hope of His calling. What are the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints. See, there's an inheritance that's there. And we've got to see that. Even if we get the idea that God is not poor, we think that, well, it's Him that's rich. No, He's giving you an inheritance too. Sometimes we feel like we've got to apologize because we have to go to God with, with some things. that, Well, God, we, we need this in order to continue on what you called us to do. And I'm trying to find the cheapest way to do it. <laughs> no, shouldn't do that. That doesn't mean you just waste money. I'm not talking about, about that. But if, if God wants something done, He's going to provide for it. What is the exceeding greatness of His power toward us who believe according to the working of His mighty power, which He worked in in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and seated Him at His right hand in the heavenly places. Oh, we got to understand that power. What is the, great, the exceeding greatness of His power? The exceeding greatness of His power. Boy, I tell you what, sometimes we, we deal with a God that, well, oh, we're facing this big thing. Oh God, we're facing this big thing. And then we start going into prayer. You know, I'll have to do prayer and fasting on this. it'll probably take three days of fasting to get this thing to go through. Because we gotta get that power of God going. And, uh, you know, God's talking about his, his little finger doing some stuff and his, his, uh, <laughs> his hand sometimes gets involved. And once, once or twice we see his whole arm involved. <laughs> but you never see all of God's body in, involved. You know, it's a baseball season. If you watch a baseball player go, when they hit that, that little tiny ball, when they hit that, they they talk about the position of the baseball player and how he's getting his whole body into it. You don't just hit that baseball with your arms or your wrists. you got to get your shoulders into it. you got to get your back into it. Your legs have to be involved with it. Your whole stance, everything that you do has to be projected into that ball to get that ball to go. I, to this day, have no idea how anyone can hit a ball going at 100 miles an hour that's moving. And then you got to take that bat and put it on there and then hit it with such power <laughs> to get it. That's that's just incredible to me. But they got to get their whole body into it in order to do that. God doesn't need to. God does these great, phenomenal things. And He's well, at one time got His arm involved. Most times it's just His fingers. <laughs> that's how powerful God is. And we got to get the understanding to that. That we're not tapping into all the power of God. In all the things that we do, we're not coming close to uh, to to what God can do. Well, God, that's that's pretty close to to the max of what you can do. When we look at the battle that's going on between Satan and and God, uh, it's not a battle. He's already defeated foe. It's not even close. It's not like God has to exert anything into this battle. This is this is a created being. He's got very little power compared to God. So he's praying for these things. But in order for this to happen, in order for these three things to be unlocked, he says, first off, you have to have the spirit of revelation, the spirit of wisdom in the knowledge of him. That's the first thing. Once you get that, then that can go on to enlightenment. And once you have that enlightenment, once your eyes of of your understanding are opened and you begin to see some things, then... You're going to be able to understand these and these will have an impact on your life. The hope of your calling. The exceeding riches of the glory of His inheritance. And what is the exceeding greatness of His power toward us. Not just the power that He has but the power He has toward us who believe. Who believe. We're not talking about doubters here. Then he goes on to talk about that power a little bit more. According to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. See, he's talking about increase here. Talking about increase. We need to increase. Increase. Well, I want to to go over to another prayer of his. This would be over in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. For this reason. Of course, back in verse 1 of chapter 3, he started off with, for this reason. (laughs) And then he went off into one of his parenthetical phrases for 13 verses. And then we pick up here in verse 14. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, From whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. That he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory. There's those riches again. To be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. So he's praying that God would grant to you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened. The strengthening would come according to the riches of his glory. To be strengthened with might through his spirit, In the inner man. This supernatural strength doesn't come upon you from outside yourself. It comes from your inner spirit. Your inner man. So you're involved. To be strengthened with might through His Spirit in the inner man. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. The word dwell there means to make His permanent home. That He would come in and just... Dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love. See, there's a, there's a a prerequisite there. You need to be rooted and grounded in love. If you're not rooted and grounded in love, you're not going to be able to, to walk out in that. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. You see, if I am not walking in the love of God, I cannot understand the love of God. I got to walk in it. The more I walk in it, the more I can understand it. The more I understand it, the more I understand what that love does towards me as a believer. But he's praying for them that they would be strengthened with might through his Spirit, the Spirit of God, in the inner man, that the Holy Spirit, who lives and abides in us, would strengthen us through our spirit. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. You see, when the Holy Spirit is pouring out that strength into your inner, inner man... That gives a a place for Christ to be able to make a permanent resident. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Through faith. See, when I I have that strength coming up from the inner man, it's easier to walk in faith. Because I got that strength. You cannot walk in faith in your own, in your own strength. Many people try and do it. Well, I'm trying to believe. Oh, I've been, I've been working at this for a long time. I just, I just know. (laughs) <laughs> and they're talking about their ability to walk in faith. Hey, I don't have an ability to walk in faith. All I have to do is have the love of God work on the inside of me. Let Christ dwell inside my heart. And when that dwelling that is going inside my heart, oh, people. Hmm. It's through faith that me being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints it's not just for a couple of people. All the saints can do this. What is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. There we, we are not as limited as we think on the capacity to understand God. But if we walk in these things, he's praying here, we will continue to grow and continue to increase in these things. So this is what he's praying for them but let's let's look at the summary here on this that he would grant to you to be strengthened in the inner man that Christ may dwell in your heart that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints that you may be filled with all the fullness of God you see the prayer is about what happens in you He's praying about what's going on inside of them. That more things would go on inside of them. He's not praying that God just does stuff to them. He's praying for what's going on inside of them. Because that's what's, that's where all the strengthening comes, comes about. Let's get that inside man going. Now, if my prayers are like this, whether they are for myself or they are for other people, Oh Father, heal them of their disease. Oh, heal them of this affliction that they've got. Oh Father, they have been so faithful to you. And if I love them this much, I know that you love them. Oh Father God, just heal them of this. And this is, this is how we go. That person is completely out of the picture. And if a healing comes to them, I've got bragging rights, don't I? You'll even hear this from some people. Well, I was praying for you. (laughs) Right? Uh Uh-huh. How about this one? I just left you a blank space so you can write in whatever you want to. Father, oh, bless them on their job. They've had that job for 20 years. No one there appreciates them. But I know you appreciate the job that they're doing. I know that you see the faithfulness that they have. Oh, Father, I just pray that you bless them on their job. May they get a raise, an increase in the job that they're doing. Oh, Father, just work on the on the owners that they would see fit to increase them in the things that they're doing. That's a wrong prayer. Now, people will ask you to pray like that, but that's a wrong prayer because that person is completely moved out of the picture. And then we're starting to ask God to be moving on people to make them do things that we don't even know if they want to do. How about this one? Oh, Father God, they need a job. Brother or sister, so-and-so came to me and they don't have a job and they need a job and Father God, you want people to be working. So Father, I pray that you find them a job. Find them a job that they can go and they can work and they can get paid the money that they need. To, uh, and this is how we pray for them. How about this one? Oh, father, brother, sister, so-and-so is in tremendous debt. I just pray that you just cancel that debt that is on them. I just take authority over that debt that is on them. I cast that debt off of them. In the name of Jesus, I command no debt be upon that household. It's an unscriptural prayer. (laughs) We can't pray that. We like to. I I know people that will teach you to pray that. But the faith of that person is completely removed. I don't have an example of anyone praying in the Word of God like that for somebody else. How about this one? Oh, father, brother, sister, so-and-so is so depressed. They're so down. I pray that you just encourage them that right now you just build them up and just encourage them and you'd speak good things in them and Father they're just so down they're so depressed. You're the God of encouragement you're the God of love let them feel your love. Now that one might get some of you by surprise you well, may say why can't I pray that? <laughs> because once again we have removed them from the, from the equation. Now, I will give you the right way to pray on, on all these ones. I, we just picked up, what was it, five? I think five uh, Five years of prayers. But these are weak and ineffective prayers as they are if I prayed them for myself. They are weak and ineffective prayers if I prayed them for myself as well. Have you ever heard a Christian pray like this? Oh, Father God, I'm so depressed. I'm so down. I just need encouragement right now. Would you just, just fill me with your joy? Just fill me with your love. Oh, Father God, I'm so depressed. I just uh, I just don't want to live. <laughs> I mean, it sounds good and sometimes it can minister to your emotions. But Paul never prays to minister to your emotions. He prays to minister to your spirit. It's different. So instead, my prayer should be like this. This is the, this is the way that we ought to be praying. Let's just take, hit each one of these things like we did before. <clears throat> we talk about, oh, Father, heal them. Heal them of their sickness. Heal them of their disease. They've been so faithful. No. Now, I have a lot of people, they'll come up to me, they're sick. They're going through something, and they'll say, pray for me. You may have even heard me say, all right, I'll pray for you. Now, when I pray for them, I don't go to, to God and I don't say, oh God, they're just been so faithful. I'm just so grateful for them being in the church and the things that they do. And oh, Father, just move on them right now just to remove whatever, let me just name whatever it is. Just remove that. That's not how I pray for them. That's not going to I know it's not going to do any good. So there's no sense in me praying for them that way. Not when I pray for them, I pray for them along the lines of this. Father, bring to mind the promises of your word. I know that they know them. I know that they're in their spirit. I know that they've heard the things taught about Jesus being their healer. I know that that's in there. Father, bring that to mind. Let the Spirit of God quicken them on what your promises are for healing. And Father, as they meditate upon these promises, let that build up faith on the inside of them for healing that they can receive what it is that they need. That those promises would rise up on the inside of them and would combat the thoughts that the enemy is trying to put in in their in their mind to think that they're going to die. To think thoughts of destruction. The thoughts of permanence. Thoughts that this won't ever come about. Father God, I thank you that your word will cast down every imagination that the devil throws up against their way. And that your word is victorious. I pray for their faith. I'm not praying for God to move; God already has. But I can pray for their faith. So we're praying for that for the for the inner man. We don't have to pray exactly what Paul prayed, but well, we can pray along the lines of what Paul prayed. We can pray for their their faith on the inner man. Well, the second one we did was, Father bless them on their job. Well, if somebody says, well, I have a job and I just need to be blessed at it, would you just pray with me that I would get blessed on the job? And I say, sure, I can go out there and pray, pray with that. But I pray along these lines. Father God, I thank you. Let them stand out in the job that they do. You said that we would operate in more wisdom than the world. I pray right now, Father, that your, your spirit communicates with their spirit and they operate in such wisdom on that job that they outshine every other person in that in that company. That they learn to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit on the inside of them more than they ever have before. They're not just listening to the voice of the Spirit to learn things in the Word. They're listening to the voice of the Spirit to learn how to operate on that job. I thank you that your love and patience comes out as they deal with customers. That they are more loving and more caring and more patient with the customers that come in there than anyone else who comes in because they operate by your principles. And that the powers that be begin to see how they operate with these. And say that this is a tremendous benefit to our company. And they would see the great benefit and they would reward it because they see how much profit that they bring to them. So Father, I just pray right now that they are learning how to listen to your Spirit even more. And that prosperity will follow them because they are walking in your principles. They speak with respect to those that are in authority. They operate in submission because you teach us that in your word. They operate in love to the people that are around them. They don't create problems. They solve problems. And these kind of people are valuable and they will see the value that they have. So I pray along those lines. You see, that's not removing them from the equation. We keep them in the equation. And that's what we have to do. Just like if I'm going to make a prayer for myself, I can't remove myself from the equation. How many times did Jesus say, your faith has made you whole? They weren't removed from the equation. They were, they were in that equation. So what was our, our third one? How about finding a job? Would you pray for me that I'd be able to find a job? Sure, I can pray for you. And when I pray for them, I pray, Father God, I thank you that you speak to their spirit. You know where a good job is for them to go. And I thank you that they're not just sitting around waiting for something to fall in their lap, but they're out there and they're looking. They're out there and they're they're finding stuff. And Father, you're going to lead them, as you said in your word, that the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. I thank you that each step that they take, that you are leading them in the direction of where they need to go. And they are making context with with people and that those contacts will lead to the job that you have for them a job Father that you have equipped them for a job that they will bless people in and a job that they will testify the greatness of the God that they serve I thank you Father for this for what you are leading them to and that what they learn in this process of finding this job will help them in the other things that they're going through in life and pray for them along this line they're not removed from the equation they're still involved Well, how about this one? <clears throat> help to get out of debt. I don't pray over them, oh, Father God, I just cancel that spirit of debt that is on them and such things as, as that. No, I'll pray for them along this line. Father God, I thank you that you show them how to handle money. <laughs> I thank you that you help them to resist the temptation to spend. I thank you that... That you give them wisdom on what money, what to spend money on and what not to spend money on. The enemy desires to take their money from them and will put temptations in front of them for them to spend money on. Things that won't be a benefit for them, things will end up being in the closet. But Father, you'll give them wisdom on what to spend money on and what not to spend money on. And you'll show them had to take the money that they're not spending and put it to the debt that they have. And Father God, that debt will go down and down and down. I thank you that you retrain them on their spending habits. To not spend what they don't have. And to stay within the margins of what they do have. See, most people would have you pray for increased money so that I can get rid of rid of the debt. But that's not usually what's what's necessary. Usually what's necessary is wisdom. And to quit spending on what they what they have been spending on. See the enemy would have them waste money. So I would pray along this line. Father, the enemy is trying to get them to spend money on things that they don't need. But I thank you that you will expose every plan that the enemy has. And not they will not be lured in to buying something that they don't need and saving that money and not going into more debt. When they need joy, they're depressed and they're down. Well, you can certainly pray for for folks in this area as well. And I pray for them. Father God, I thank you that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And I pray right now for them that in their spirit that you would lead them into words and songs that stir up that joy. The enemy would have them to speak words that rob their joy, to sing songs that rob their joy, to think thoughts that rob their joy. But Father, that's not how you have it. You would have them think thoughts that bring joy, to speak words that are joyful words And to sing songs that are joyful. I thank you, Father, that you speak these things to them. And as they give life to them, as they speak these out their mouth, that that joy of the Lord will be stirred up and strength will enter into them and depression will not hang on to them anymore because of this joy that is in them. See, I can't just pray for God just to dump joy on them. Because that's not how God does it. Especially when they're speaking words of depression. If I'm, if I'm praying, and usually, usually if, some, if someone comes to you and they're depressed and they want you to pray, you gotta talk with them a little bit more. You can't just go away and pray on them. You gotta talk to them a little bit more. He said, I'll pray for you in one condition. Uh, what's that? Condition is you do not speak any more words, I'm so depressed. If I hear you speaking words, I'm so depressed, I'm gonna quit praying for you. Well, why is that important? Well, if I'm praying for you to not be depressed and you're going around confessing that you're depressed, we're kind of working against each other. So you got to get them to, to, do, to do that. When you're feeling depressed, I want you to sing some songs. Oh, but I don't want to sing songs. I know. But go sing. Go sing some songs. But I'm a, it won't be from my heart. I don't care if it's from your heart. <laughs> get out there and sing some songs. We got to stir that that up. I mean, they're going to go out there and they're going to take some some pills, maybe, or or uh, you know, the doctor will give them some antidepressant pills or something like that to, to help them out. If they're going to do that. Well, take what what God tells you to do. Be joyful. And you can go in there and God, God will give you some other things probably to to tell them. Sometimes you may have to say, "Look, I want you to pretend you are joyful. I want you to pretend that you are not depressed." <clears throat> Go ahead and pretend that I remember one story one time brother Rick Renner was uh, was sharing this that somebody in the church had come to him and they were in a homosexual lifestyle, but they wanted to get free of it. They saw it as bad they they wanted to get out of it and they came to, to him and they said <clears throat> i don 't want to be in this lifestyle anymore i want to I want to get out of it, but it, it, just, it just has such a hold on me so he yeah, this particular person was an actor i don 't know how I think they were a real popular actor, you know, in movies and stuff like that. But they, you know, they were on the stage acting this stuff. So he says, "Look, you, you're an actor. I want you to do this. I want you to study the role of the heterosexual male, and I want you to play the part of a heterosexual male. I want you to talk like a heterosexual male. I want you to act like a heterosexual. I want you to just play the part, just like you were on stage and acting out. I want you to act out the part." But it won't be real. I don't care. I want you to do it. Okay? So he went out there and he studied the heterosexual male. <laughs> he studied how they walked. He studied how they talked. He studied how they interacted with other guys. He studied how they, how they did things and he began to mimic it. He began to, to imitate it. He became this and before long everything on homosexuality fell off of him. And he got married and had kids and, and things, uh, Things that, things that change for them. See, sometimes we have to pretend or act like what we want to be. Because by faith, that's what we're going to be. That's not unscriptural. God wanted Abraham to play the part of the father of many nations. He kept wanting to play the part of the father of nobody. <laughs> I don't want you to play that part. I want you to play this part. I want you to go out there. I want you to pretend. I want you to see your your offspring, like the sand, like the sand at the shore, the stars in the sky. I want you to I want you to envision this. I want you to go about and see this. I want you to call yourself. I'm a father of many nations. And this is what we need to to do. When we pray for other people, their role is not diminished. If anything, it's increased. And if someone is trying to get you into a prayer role with them in which their role is decreased and yours is increased, it's not only is it not scriptural, it won't be effective. You won't be able to help them. Now you pray along these kind of lines for people. It will be more effective. But it's also more, it's more satisfying. You pray along the other ways. It's not effective. And you feel like, oh, I wish, I, I wish there was more I could do feel like I ought to be able to do more. But this way is more satisfying. Now, not everybody who asks for prayer wants help. Sometimes people just want to ask for prayer. Get people praying for me. You ever heard somebody, I've got so many people praying for me. (laughs) You don't need a whole lot of people praying for you. You just need a few that are effective. uh, well we won't get into that part (laughs) well it is easier and quicker to pray unscriptural prayer but it is not at all rewarding it's a whole lot easier and quicker to just pray Father God I pray that you heal this person but it's not rewarding it's not rewarding here and it's not rewarding in heaven People will come and they will come up to you and they'll ask you to just take over for them in prayer. Or to pray in such a way like it was all up to God. You got to get people off of that. People will want you to pray in such a way like it's all up to God. Would you just pray because I don't have a job and I don't know why God's keeping me from a job, but I just need Him to open up the doors for me to find a job. No, it's 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 up to you to get the prayer focused back on what God is doing in them instead of to them or for them. Most people want to focus on what is what God is doing to them or what God is doing for them. It's your job to get them to focus on what God is doing in them. And these two prayers that we looked at with Paul, it's all about what God is doing in them. I can pray that for other people. What God is doing in them. Paul said he he went down on his knees quite often and prayed this for these people. But if their faith is not engaged, the answer will be hindered. you got to get their faith engaged. Many times you'll see Jesus interact with people in such a way as to get their faith engaged. Once he had their faith engaged, then we can get the answer to them. But if we don't have their faith engaged, we're not going to be able to get them that way. So when we're looking to pray for for other people. Don't be like many people who pray for others to enable the good things of God to increase toward them. Be one of those who's praying for the good things of God to increase in them. Not toward them. And if your prayer is of such that, Oh God, send this to them. Your prayer is unscriptural. Get that quality out. Bring the quality in. It says, "Father God, increase what is in them. Let that grow, because as that grows, then they'll they'll get what they need." Now we only hit five areas of prayer, but I think they're the more common ones that you hear. You may come up with and find something else, but just stay with the with the quality that we see here with Paul. That being what do I need to pray to increase in them, not toward them? see God has already increased toward you, my ability to receive it, my ability to to comprehend it, to understand it, to take it in we don't have to to pray for for that to be increased any you know be be kind of like if we're. We're here and we're praying. Oh God, it's a cold day today. Increase the sun. Well, that's not the problem. The problem might be the cloud cover. You know that uh, that's keeping that that sun from from getting through. The sun's fine, but there's other things that are in the way, and we can we can pray on those. Of course, come July, you'll be praying for God to decrease the sun. <laughs> Send them clouds we like we like some of those but you can pray for other people don't be afraid to pray for them don't shy away from it but keep them scriptural keep them on the uh, on the the right way we're going to spend some time looking at the things that uh, Jesus did we might even spend some time on one other prayer of of Paul's because it goes in a little bit of a different direction than these two did but we'll we'll look at that here for for next week father i thank you that we have help that we can offer to each other that we can pray for one another even exhorted to in the word of God to pray for one another but we've got to pray according to the lines of the word of God and I thank you that you help us to do that that we can keep our prayers scriptural and when we do that we can keep them effective I thank you for the help that you give us as we pray that you'll give us insight that we don't have understanding that we lack and you'll give us words to speak to them to help them engage their faith because they are in this battle I thank you for it in Jesus name Amen